Hello again, um, Annie here. So there's not many chapters to go until the book is finished. So um, we're now on chapter 29. So let's just get started. Okay, chapter 29. Isaac perched on the balcony railing in front of them, his huge blonde glistening wings folded into his back. He squatted down low on his strong legs and folded his arms in front of his broad chest. He wore a black polo neck top. It matched the colour of his eyes. The outline of his body merged into the evening background, making his complexion ghostly pale and his eyes sinisterly staring. The effect was that of a hellish ghoul. Standing on the railing of the balcony, on either side of Isaac, were two other Pegasians. One was a woman, tall, strong and very beautiful, with long, flowing dark hair. She too was ghostly pale and dressed in black. The other was a teenage boy. He looked to be about 16 years old. His complexion was so pure it could have been porcelain. The shape of his body so perfectly proportioned he could have been taken he could have taken life from a waxwork mannequin. His dark hair was cropped short into his head. A shiver raced through Mariana's bones. It was a look on the teenage boy's face. It was disturbing. His arms were crossed in an X shape with his palms flat against his chest. The boy's head was bent to one side and he looked intrigued. He looked interested, inquisitive, and he looked at Mariana like she was his prey. What a mess, Isaac said from his perch. Tut, tut, tut. He shook his head slowly from side to side. This will not do, Benjamin. Tut, tut. Your blood is everywhere. It will have to be cleaned up. Most definitely it will. What kind of future will we all have if we allow this mess to stay? After all, he said, gesturing to the boy beside him. It is all about the children, isn't it? What do you think, Sebastian? How should we clean up this mess? Isaac turned to the young boy beside him, waiting like a patient father for an answer. Upon nearly every balcony that Mariana could see, a Pegasian had landed. On some railings, two or more had perched, standing or squatting. They all wore black. They were all a mixture of male and female, and they were all a mixture of ages, from adult to child. Mariana heard hushed whispering from behind her. Protect him, she heard a voice say. And then, like a one-way valve had been opened, Benjamin was sucked into the crowd behind, pulled by a smooth collective motion like a great whale swallowing a drowning sailor. Sebastian, the young boy with the porcelain face, suddenly laughed in a surprisingly high-pitched titter. The sound from his mouth, his smooth, clean throat made Mariana realise that Sebastian was probably not yet old enough for his voice to have broken and that he was still a child. Then Sebastian spoke. His tone was sweet, soft and youthful, not deep or masculine. At that moment, Mariana guessed his age to be about 13. I think that they are foolish in trying to protect him, Sebastian said. For now, they all have his blood on their hands. Right at this moment, Benjamin's blood will be seeping from his veins onto their clothes and hands and feet. His blood has dripped all over them. Sebastian turned to face Isaac. It must all be destroyed. No trace of his blood can remain. You're right, Sebastian, Isaac agreed in amusement. Then Isaac threw his head back, pushed his chest out, and a blood-curdling shriek broke out from the, the taut, vibrating sinews in his throat. The whole crowd of watching humans gestured with their hands to their ears. The cry was so shrill and piercing that they all instinctively needed to block it from their senses. But the penetrating sound travelled well, and Isaac's call was immediately answered. From one of the far balconies, a Pegasian took flight. He carried something in his hands. 
His flight was swift and smooth and the Pegasian glided majestically across the short stretch of air to be at Isaac's side in seconds. Thank you, John, Isaac politely said as John handed the container he had carried over to Sebastian. It was clear to everyone what John had brought. They could all see the fluid black contents dripping down the sides of the container and they could smell it. The crowd of humans gasped in unison then began to shout in warning, calling out to leave. Quickly they started to move toward the door. Someone began to rattle the door handle of Benjamin's small flat back and forward in furious anxiety. But the door would not open. Some people in the crowd were becoming hysterical. Then someone shouted, Force it down! Ram it! Again they tried to open the door, this time by brute force. But still, it would not budge. You are wasting your time, Isaac called out with amusement in his voice. It will not open. You cannot escape. Like my dear protégé Sebastian has already stated, we cannot allow one drop of Benjamin's blood to remain on this earth. Most of you will be soiled with it, and I dare say some of you won't, but I do not have the inclination nor the patience to find out which is which. So, he said with the beginnings of a yawn in his voice, you and all that you have touched must be destroyed. I am sorry, but that is the way it has to be. Isaac nodded his head and Sebastian flew up from his perch on the balcony. The crowd of humans watched him, all aware of what Sebastian held in his hands and the knowledge that he would not hesitate to use it to, and the sorry and the knowledge that he would not hesitate to use it was what was what caused the fear and panic in their hearts and minds. They were trapped now. There was no way out from this twist that their fate had taken. The only choice that was left was how to die. They could die the way Isaac and his allies determined, or they could choose another way. And if, and only if, they acted quickly. Sebastian was already above them, and while his great tawny wings held him hovering over their heads, his hands sprayed the mechanical in- with mechanical indifference the liquid from the canister that he had been given. The flammable oil gushed in a jet spray over their heads and bodies of everyone on the balcony below. It saturated their clothes and hair and skin. Its smell was distinctive and frightening. Some people cried out loud for mercy. A few wept quietly, but most stayed silent and still. And as they did so, Sebastian continued to pour with zealous enthusiasm until every drop from his huge canister was emptied. Mariana was covered with the oil. She closed her eyes as it continued to rain down on her, wondering whether it would be better to just jump. Jump from the balcony to certain death below, because surely that way was less painful than the alternative. And as she tightly shut her eyes, her life sort of flashed before her. The beginning part was very brief. The life with her grandfather, the few years lived in her small balcony flat, the people she knew, the friends she had made. That took one millisecond. The other 999 milliseconds was taken up with Alexander. Maybe death wasn't such a bad option, because what would her life be without him? She had given him her heart and soul, knowing full well that he could not take it, and that she would not let him. Her final wish was to see him one more time, to see his majestic strength soar through the skies, then land at her feet, so that she could kiss him for the last time, and say goodbye. But right now, the vivid picture she held of him, indelibly carved in her mind, was all she had, and it would have to do. Finally, Mariana opened her eyes. Sebastian was still hovering. Isaac was still in position. The crowd were still waiting. Only one thing was different. Ridian. Ridian was standing on the balcony edge. He was tilting forward. 
He raised his hands in a gesture of defiance to Isaac. The petrol dripped from his skin onto his lips, and Maria saw its fine spray hit the air as he yelled out, You will never win. This is our world. For every one that you kill today, there will be hundreds more behind them ready to fight you. You will never take our world from us. Rudian stretched his arms out wide and tilted further forward. And then gravity did the rest. Rudian tumbled down into the empty bottomless air. Mariana ran to the balcony edge. Rudian, she called. It was all hideously wrong and twisted. She didn't want him to do it, but at the same time she understood why, and she was ready to do the same. If I fall to my death, the watch may survive intact, and the blood may survive too. But if I burn, it will surely be lost in the fire. Damn it, she thought. I have no choice. Mariana climbed up and stood on the exact same spot Ridian had just fallen from. She looked up into the sky in one last gasp of hope. The patch of purple sky had lightened in the dusk. It looked pretty, but it was empty, and she felt sad. Sad to her very soul that she would not see it again. Then, just as she resolved to lean forward, hearing Hilary call out behind her, small black lines began to dart across the dusky purple sky. The lines formed into the shape of a V. Mariana squinted at the sight and her heart thumped in desperate hope. What is it? What are you waiting for? Waiting for someone to save you? He won't be coming, not this time, Isaac sneered. He took an igniter from his pocket and flicked it on. A small, bright, perfectly oval orange flame burst into the air. Mariana was waiting for someone to save her, and everyone else, and her wait was nearly over, for they were here. She could see them coming closer. They all could see them. Mariana's heartbeat at a thundering pace, for visible at the head of their line, his long black wings outstretched, was Alexander. They had come from the other side of the city, flying high up in the clouds out of sight of the comfortably perched Force Chimeric, to catch them unaware. From directly behind Isaac's back, a pair of wings suddenly overshadowed him. They loomed over him, black, wide and strong. The flame was immediately extinguished and the igniter catapulted from Isaac's grasp. Alexander had never looked so fierce or so dangerous. His whole world was centred around defeating Isaac and sending him to the ground. And in the rest of the skies around the city, balconies, a battle had commenced. Mariana's grandfather had once told her while they read through a history book together that in the past, before Pegasians came to exist, wars between humans were most often won in the skies, won by the dropping of bombs and the bombardment from fighter planes. This evening, history was merely repeating itself, the only difference being that this was not a battle for the land, this was a battle for the sky. Alexander had brought with him a large army of allies. Their number matched that of the fourth chimeric they had come to fight. There was a foe for every Pegasian who had followed him, and in every corner of the sky a fight between Pegasian and fourth chimeric. Mariana saw Clement and many of the faces she had met during her short visits to Gemini. There were no guns or weapons. Ammunition was a thing of the past. Bullets and bombs were no longer made. These things had not been thought necessary by the original Pegasians in their new civilised perfect world. So Alexander's small army fought the fourth chimeric with their fists and their feet. There were no solid objects to grab hold of in the clear open sky, only the flesh, bones and feathers of another winged creature. The noise was fierce, it was feral and wild. Wounded Pegasians began to fall from the sky, their loose torn feathers spinning around them like acorn seeds. Mariana climbed down from the balcony, 
She had spotted two black clothes forth Chimeric swooping in together, coming stealthily closer. Mariana turned around. Benjamin stood motionless and stern behind her. He looked as if he knew they were coming for him, and he was waiting for them to take him away. The two approaching forth Chimeric did not even need to land. They merely swept in closer and simultaneously picked Benjamin up by his shoulders, one on either side. As they lifted him silently into the sky, Benjamin did not kick or scream or protest. He let them take him without a sound to interrupt the great swooping of their wings. Mariana dived forward and grabbed onto Benjamin's legs in a massive bear hug, but the two fourth chimeric were unperturbed by her vain attempts to stop them. They had not even noticed the slight pull she exerted and continued to drive steadily upwards with Benjamin in their clutches. Benjamin's legs just slipped away from Mariana's oil-covered hands. Leave me, Benjamin called down to her. You have all that you need. You need to stay safe. Fight back, Benjamin, fight back, she called up. My life is over, Mariana. I am too old to fight. But if you make it, would you do one last thing for me? Benjamin's voice was becoming distant. He was out of the balcony perimeter and a few metres into the open sky. His body dangled in limp surrender as the two-fourth chimeric held him tightly under his shoulders. Anything! What do you want me to do? Mariana called with her hands cupped over her mouth and her body leaning out as far as she could. Bury my wife! On a mountain top with a view of the sea. That was her dying wish. Mariana could only just make out his last faint words. Benjamin would not be able to hear her anymore. Of course I will, she replied to a distant silhouette. Benjamin's body was now a small hovering line in the distance. Soon he would be gone from sight completely, swallowed up in the deep purple horizon. Mariana could only hope that his ending would be swift and painless. Alexander was still fighting with Isaac. But Isaac looked as if he was losing. Blood was pouring out from his, the wounds in his body and parts of his wings were torn and bare. Alexander too was wounded, but as he punched Isaac one final time, Isaac spun around in an almost complete revolution. Isaac could not orientate him, reorientate himself from his final blow to his body. His wings were too damaged and he could not sustain his position in the sky. He was desperately flapping to stay airborne, but he was falling. Isaac was defeated and he knew it. With a guttural call from his blood-drenched throat, Isaac came. Sebastian came to his side. Sebastian seemed to be perfectly intact. He was as pure and clean and unblemished as the moment he had first arrived. Alexander did not have the strength to take on another battle with him too, so he let them go. Sebastian and Isaac lived to fight another day, and as they departed, the remaining fourth chimeric followed in their wake. The battle was over, but Mariana had long since turned away. Unable to help Alexander or anyone else, she could not bear to look at the violent, tearing destruction. The crowd of humans were gone. Benjamin was gone. Ridian was gone. And she sat alone, hunched up in the corner of the balcony walls, feeling pathetic and weak and useless. Everything had gone suddenly quiet. The painful, angry screams had dissolved and the air around was calm. Tentatively, Mariana opened her eyes. Thick black feather slowly drifted down to land on the floor in front of her. She lifted her head from her knees to look up, and then the wish that she had wished when she thought that she was going to die and her life had flashed before her was granted. Alexander landed at her feet, and, taking both of her hands in his, he pulled her to him. He smelled of blood and sweat, and his breath was heavy with exertion. He was beaten and battered, and she was scared to touch him in case it caused him pain. But she had to touch him. She had to see his face and feel his skin. 
Mariana pulled the sleeve of her jumper over her hands and gently wiped the blood from his face. You must get out of these clothes, he said in a voice full of anger. One spark could ignite you in flames. Under the blood and sweat, his face was fierce. I will take you to fresh water. No, she gently protested. You are injured. I do not want you to carry me any more. You have too many other things to do. Here. Mariana unfastened the leather strap watch the leather strapped watch from her wrist and handed it to him. No, you must keep it. That way I may always His blood is in it, she whispered. Alexander frowned. Benjamin's blood? Yes, it is sealed in the back casing. Benjamin cut himself just before Isaac arrived, just in time, before Isaac could stop us. Alexander looked deep into her eyes. His gaze was full of awe and adoration. He gripped her tightly with his hands. Since the moment I met you, you have never failed to amaze me. You dazzled me with your beauty, you overwhelmed me with your courage, and you bewitched me with your soul. You are the most amazing creature I have ever met, and forever will my soul adore you. And I for you, she replied. In this moment of precious solitude, Mariana wanted to believe that she really could stay with them forever, that nothing else in all the world mattered except them. But she could not. In his eyes, she could see the worry and the fatigue. The past few days since his father's death must have drained him so deeply, and the responsibilities he was to inherit were more now than even Fedor had had to face. I am sorry about your father, Mariana said. Alexander steeled himself. He died knowing we were almost there. He knew you had located Benjamin? No. At that point, we had not traced him to this place, but Fedor had requested that his memory be scraped. Fedor knew that he stored memories his mind could not retrieve. He knew that sometime in the past he had found out where his brother lived. He knew it was in his mind somewhere, but he just could not remember. His memories were too thickly shrouded by his age and his illness. It is time now for you to take his place, she asked, knowing already what the answer would be. His eyes were heavy with determination. Yes, Alexander replied. Mariana gently lifted his face to meet her eyes. You are doing what you were born to do, and you will do it with the respect and blessing of your city. If, after all of this, I am sure of anything, it is the fact that you will be a wonderful leader and your people will adore you. That is why you must go now, back to your city and your people. In spite of her sincere, heartfelt words, Mariana also desperately wanted him to protest and stay with her a while longer. She wanted him to say that he could not leave her, that it would break his heart into pieces if he did. She wanted him to say what she was already feeling, because the thought of losing him was unbearable. Yes, I must go, he said with firm conviction, and Mariana's heart plummeted to the ground. I am sorry, Mariana, but I must go alone. His face tensed with concern. I will take you to safety first. I know a place where I can take you, where you will be safe, and where I can watch over you. His hand traced the line of her cheek and jaw. It does clean fresh water where you can bathe, but I cannot take you with me. The timing, the timing is wrong. The timing is wrong, Mariana quietly repeated his words, for her own words would only splinter painfully into her throat. Clement hovered a distance away. Alexander's depleted army were waiting for him, and they looked tired and battle-worn. Go, go now, she said. Clement and the others are waiting. They are waiting for you to lead them home. They are injured, and so are you. You must go now. Go and regain your strength. You have much to do. You have Benjamin's blood. Give it to Clement so he may do his job and so that you may do yours. 
With her words, Alexander set his shoulders back. Mariana looked up to the firm set of his face and suddenly he seemed ten feet tall. He looked round to his fellow Pegasians. He nodded to Clement who nodded back and then he began to open his large wings in preparation for flight. In a final gesture, he raised her hand to his lips and kissed the soft skin on her palm. And with a powerful downward pull into flight, Mariana watched Alexander soar into the sky and take his place at the head of his line. Once out of sight, Mariana could finally collapse to her knees and sob. You okay? She heard a voice say. Mariana felt a firm hand placed on her shoulder and she looked up out of her misery. Hilary, she said, I thought everyone had gone. Why have you not left? You are still covered in oil. Mariana tried to sound angry through her tear-choked voice. As you are, Hilary replied. We are both a mess. So why would I leave my friend just when she needed me most? You're a good friend, Mariana sniffed. Thank you for staying. Don't mention it. But I never leave a battle scene until everyone is accounted for. You know me well enough to know that. Come on, Hilary said, hauling Mariana upright. Let's get out of here and let's get this stinking stuff out of our hair. The end of chapter 29. Okay, hope you enjoyed it. Bye for now.